Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joined as we are every Monday for a little Money Monday action. The Auburn banker himself, Lindsey Crosby. Huge win, my friend. Huge win for the Auburn Tigers over the Ole Miss Brown Bear Landshark Rebels. Uh, you know what they are, is they're the losers. That's what they are. Uh, um, Saturday night, that was yeah, that no. was 100% true. Absolutely. Exactly. Just great week, you know, great week of preparation, translated into a great win on the field. Yeah. Uh, I am wearing a light blue hat today, one, because I'm cheering on Atlanta in the World Series, but also because we beat them, so now we own that color. That's ours now. That's a good color uh, to own. Their jerseys cool. are, are beautiful, but uh, but yeah, no, a, a huge all-around win for the Auburn Tigers. There wasn't a moment in that game where you really felt like the Tigers weren't in control. They got the ball, they marched it down the field, and the offense never really let up. The third quarter was a little dicey offensively, but the defense was incredible, and so there was just there there was a ton to like. A lot of individual performances that were really really impressive both on the stat sheet and just when, when you watch the game and then you do the rewatch and you realize, like, oh, Derek Hall, he was all over the place in that game. Guys like that. But other than there was a moment, like, when, when Demetrius Robertson muffed the punt and then you're like, oh, no, Ole Miss has a chance to kind of get back in this. And then they couldn't convert a fourth down. And it's like, oh, my gosh. All right, this defense is playing out of their mind right now. And then Kobe Hudson, after making a great play, he is a natural wide receiver, and you know that's a fumble that he wants. Uh, he wants back, but so natural, so natural. But I mean, he, and he had a really great game outside of that one, um, that one, you know, play, which you know he he wants back. But then it was like, okay, is Ole Miss going to use that as positive momentum? And the defense stood strong there too. We talked about it last week, Lindsey. I think you and I did, and I mentioned it throughout the week. The importance of stopping Ole Miss on fourth down and winning the fourth down battle. They did a good job converting on fourth down throughout the season as well as stopping their opponents on fourth down throughout the season. Ole Miss went one for four on fourth down and the three that they failed were in field goal range. So they left 12 points on the board there. And Auburn was two for two on fourth down. So if that's not winning the fourth down battle, I don't know what is. Yeah, and I think I remember seeing that Ole Miss was 23 of 30 on the season or something like that. I think that's right. I think that's what it was. Converting those situations. So, you know, to completely flip that and go from three-fourths of the time to one-fourth of the time is great. And like you said, uh, kept points off the board. Even if they had kicked field goals in every one of those situations, they still would have lost by two. So you love that. But just making the stop when it counted and you heard some of the guys talking about, you know, going into the game, they knew – that a stop on third down does not mean we're going to come off the field. That, that yeah. We know they go for it on fourth down quite a bit, so we have to be disciplined. And then you also saw them talk about, like, just they understood their opponent very well. Like, they knew you make a big play, you don't have time to stop and celebrate because they're going to run to the line, they're going to do another play mm-hmm. quickly. So, so they obviously spent some time in the bye week and then leading up to this game just really – 
understanding who Ole Miss is as a team, what they try to do offensively, what they do defensively, the way that they like to do things and made sure not only are we going to try to force them into doing things they don't want to do, but if they have an opportunity to play their game, we're going to be ready for it. and We're going to do what we have to do to stop it. And they did. Right. So I went to this game as a fan and it was fun. It was great. And the, the lights and all that was awesome. Jordan here is, is, for them, I think they get a lot of things right as far as game day experience stuff. There's still a few swings and misses, and that could be a fun offseason topic in a few months. But the um, just the average fan watching that, just talking about how bad the defense looked and how they were just giving up play after play after play. And I just wanted to stand up and be like, are y'all joking right now? It's in the fourth quarter, and they have 20 points. Like It's the lowest scoring output they've had in like three seasons. And Matt Corral, this Heisman Trophy winner, is not able to score a point. He didn't score a touchdown. He didn't score a touchdown last night through the air. And and it's just like, and you're telling me this defense isn't being incredible? And so it's just, yards don't matter. Yards don't matter yeah. at all in this. And Auburn held one of the best offenses in college football, and I think you could argue the best offense in the SEC, to 20 points. And to three points in the second half. And there's just so much to be excited about because they did it by doing different things. They went in wanting to stop the run. I think you could see that. They played a lot of guys close to the line of scrimmage, which you're going to see, I think, against pretty much every team for the rest of the season, except for maybe Mississippi State. But I, I think they're going to play a lot of guys close to the uh, line of scrimmage against Alabama. So uh, that was nice to see. I think you saw guys push the pocket a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um I mentioned I mentioned Derek Hall earlier. I was really, really impressed with him. It seemed like he was always kind of around the football. We got news going into the game that T.D. Moultrie would be back. I didn't really notice him a whole lot. I saw him running around out there, but I didn't really like see him impact the game a ton, but still nice to have him back out there. But it, it was just a team effort to me. And Owen, Papo, and Jacoby McClain, I mean, you, you can see that this defense responds from Owen Papo's energy. And I can't wait to talk to Chandler Wooten later in the week about what exactly that is, but... They had all three of Auburn's linebackers played a ton, and they all looked really, really good. They all played really, really well. And then the defensive backs, you saw a lot of Knighton. He went down. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Roger McCreary is a freak. He's a stud. And uh, Jalen Simpson with the game-clinching interception. What a moment for him. And he's a guy that's kind of slid down the depth chart a little bit, probably not playing as much as he thought he would, you know, where he was a year ago, but... Man, when it mattered most, he stepped up and he was incredible. And I think Matt Corral thought he had a wide open touchdown when he let go of that ball. Then Jalen Simpson like teleported out of nowhere and caught the thing. So, I mean, it was just a, it was a stout defensive effort and there's a lot to be excited about here. Yeah, some of the biggest takeaways for me is one, uh, we've now seen this and I feel good about this because we've seen Auburn's ability to take an amazing offense and hold them to their worst output of the year. We've seen that across multiple regimes. We've seen so this is a thing that Auburn does. Sure, Auburn plays defense. Um, I do love the, the biggest takeaway for me was the linebackers. You said they played great, and they did. And a, a like a hallmark of Old Miss's offense is they put a lot of pressure on your linebackers between run pass options, some of the routes they run, some of the speed that they do. Sure, they're. Their goal is to get your linebackers in a bad position, you know, to get you leveraged the wrong way, to get you stepping up when you should be dropping back, to do something wrong, and to see, 
you know, Zacoby McLean to come out with 14 tackles, 10 solo tackles, 14 total tackles, two sacks. I mean, uh, Zacoby McLean, I think the Owen Papo being back and knowing, and nothing against Chandler Wooden, I love Chandler Wooden, but knowing Owen Papo, we love Chandler Wooden. Big Chandler Wooten podcast. For sure. Yep. But knowing that um, uh, Owen Papo was lined up next to him and knowing what he can do defensively, I think freed up Zacoby McLean to be a little more aggressive and to be a little more instinctual with his play. You know, he can, he had a feeling about something. He knows Owen Papo is going to clean up if he's wrong. And he was rarely wrong on Saturday. And fantastic performance from all the linebackers. The defense as a whole, but especially that 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 trio of linebackers in the middle there. Yeah, Zacoby's going to screw around and get drafted really high if he keeps doing this <laughs> stuff. And an NFL team should be like, I don't care about your height. I don't care about your cover. We, you can play football. And, and I think yeah. that's going to be something that when it's all said and done, um, I think Auburn fans are going to be really, really pumped about. Hey, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. You can go to fetchmedelivery.com or you can search Fetch Me and their app will come up if you're in the Auburn, Opelika, or Lee County area. It was fun talking to the Fetch Me folks. Last week, we recorded a Charlie Tuesday last week at Jim Bob's, one of their partners. And of course, Jim Bob's is a local place, just like Fetch Me is a local place. And uh, something that I really hadn't thought of, but if you want breakfast delivered to your office, Fetch Me is a, a great opportunity to do that. And uh, highly recommend you do that. Uh, good folks, Auburn people, and I think that's really, really important. That's what we are here. We're a local show talking about Auburn content. And, um, yeah, Auburn University grads starting businesses that are taking off. That's really, really exciting. So go to FetchMeDelivery.com. Use promo code um, LOCALMEAL. And you'll get, uh, if your order's over 30 bucks, you'll, you'll save a lot of money. So be sure to check that out and download their app today. Also, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Lindsay, I'm going to bring you in for this one. So, prize picks, uh, it's daily fantasy made easy. And yesterday, I uh, i played with Bo Nix and Matt Corral, and they're over-unders. I took over for both of them. And at the half, or when, when Corral went down, I'm like, okay, yeah, one, hopefully he's all right. But two, you know, he's definitely not going to hit that 268 and a half, but... Um, Bo's line was 224 and a half. I took the over there. He went for 276. And Matt Corral's was 268 and a half. And he threw for uh, 289. So if you got a feeling about how the game is going, Lindsey Crosby, and you could do this with baseball too. You know, we're recording this before uh, before the World Series game. But, you know, you can do it across all sports. Daily Fantasy made easy. Go to prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a, a nice okay. bonus there. For, uh, for all that. Have you checked out any Daily Fantasy stuff yet, Lindsay? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot there. No, I, like I've absolutely looked and 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 sometimes you have a feeling like this player is going to go off today. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this this offense is going to click. And so Price Picks makes it really easy to go and put your money where your mouth is like, hey, I believe in this guy. You know, I believe in Bo Nix. I believe in Tank Bigsby. I think Tank's going to break 100 yards. Let me hop in Price Picks put something on them, and get rewarded for knowing my stuff. Absolutely. Big fan of prize picks. Absolutely. Prize picks, daily fantasy, made easy. Speaking of Bo Nix, I think it's safe to say that he has taken that next step, and Bo Nix is a top quarterback in the SEC. I think he's, um, you know, a list came out a few weeks ago that he was like the eighth quarterback, power ranked quarterback in the conference, and I'm like, I don't know what you're watching anymore at this point. He is... Brian Harson and Mike Bobo has totally transformed this guy's game. This offense appears to be catered specifically for Bo Nix. 
and it's it just looks like and I know it's the meme, but like it really does look like he's having fun out there and he's playing really, really well. The receivers are getting open at a higher clip than they ever have in the last decade of Auburn football. And now that they've kind of, you know, handled the drop issue, that's something that's really helped Bo, I think, get even more comfortable with this offense. And they talked about it, you know, with some of the offensive linemen after Saturday night's game. They've kind of taken it upon themselves to give him more time. And it's like, look what we can do, or look what Bo can do if we just give him a little bit more time. It's all coming together. Bo Nix is becoming an elite quarterback before our very eyes. You know, there was a midpoint of the season, and it was a game or two after Georgia State. You know, Boyd kind of turned it around a little bit where I was starting to worry about my prediction that one way or another, Bo would not be starting next year. And I was worried that he was putting it together, but a little bit too late to be confident in going pro. But at this rate, if Bo continues playing like he did, 22 with 30, 276 and a touchdown, another 46 yards on the ground and two scores. Yep. If Bo Nix keeps playing like this, my prediction is going to be right because that man's going to luck into the into a draft pick. I mean, yeah. I, ever I, since the Georgia State game, he's been a completely different player. I still think he stays, though. Like, I, yeah. I think I think he would rather be Auburn's quarterback for another year than be a third round draft pick or, or yeah. a third day draft pick. I don't think he's going to get as high as a third round after the season. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. But because there, there's going to be a team that really likes him, I think. But I, yeah. I think he's really happy at Auburn. But yeah, so Bo looked fantastic. If you just watch Saturday night's game, he looked better than Matt Corral, in my opinion, mm-hmm. as far as just you know his full game. Matt Corral clearly got shaken up, even though he looked better after he came back from that injury than before. Um, so w- when folks tell you, if you're an Auburn fan listening to this, and folks tell you, well, it's because Matt Corral was hurt, say, no, that's not why. That's not why. Auburn was the better team from start to finish, and you can pull up yeah. whatever excuses you want. And back to the fourth down thing, Lindsay. I'm already seeing people say, well, well, Lane Kiffin, if he would have just taken the points, it would have been closer at the end of the game, and they probably would have won. It's like, that's not who they are. They're a, they're a yeah. go-for-it-on-fourth-down kind of team, and the players do that going into it. It's like, that's not an argument. That's like saying, if this team did something that they never typically do in that one situation— well, it'd be different. It's like, well, that's not who they are. You knew going into it, you'd have to win a fourth down. We talked about it all week. So I just wanted to add that to it. Um, as far as other things on offense, we talked about the receivers looking really good. Kobe Hudson is a stud. I hate he had that fumble. We already touched on that a little bit. And then Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, they looked like themselves again, especially Tank. Um, the offensive line did a good job. It did, you didn't see Ole Miss really sell out to stop the run as much as you saw some of the other teams that Auburn played in the conference so far, which is fine. I wonder I wonder if that's what we'll see moving forward, like with AM this weekend and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Like is Bo Nix generating enough concern now where you can't sell out to stop the run? Because if that's the case, it's gonna be really hard to stop this team. That's what I feel like is happening, where <clears throat> sorry, the story behind stopping Auburn was stop the run and make Bo Nix beat you because he he's just inconsistent enough where he's not going to. Yeah. But since that benching at Georgia State, with the exception of the Georgia game, and a lot of that is, is different if you look at the adjusted completion, but outside of that, he's in the 60s and 70% for completion percentage. He's completing enough plays now uh, where if you just say, we're going to make Bo Nix beat you, he'll do that. That's fine. And so, and, and what I love about it is 
is he's not doing it just off of one guy. Uh, Kobe Hudson had six catches yes, uh, Saturday. Nobody else had more than three. But on the season, I mean, he, he is a got, natural. I'm sorry to cut you off, but he is just he is no, no, such no. a natural wide receiver. He's, I mean, he's out. He's so natural running those routes, bringing the ball into his body. But we've got four guys that have somewhere between 21 and 28 catches. Mm-hmm. So there's no one individual player you can key on and say if you shut down this guy, Bo Nix isn't going to know what to do. You can key on the run, and Bo Nix is going to pa- is going to spread it out. We had, I think it was, we had ten different players catch a pass yesterday, uh, Saturday, and so to me that shows that Bo Nix one is seeing the entire field. He's running progressions, full full field progressions to know where's the best place to go with the ball. And then two, if you take away one facet, like if you take away the run game, it's very hard. Like he has plenty of other places to go to. Whereas in the past, everything like look at last season, everything ran through Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, Eli Stove. And so if you stop the run and then you shut down one of those guys, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Now, 10 guys are catching passes in a game. Oh, and we're also running for 200 yards. So no, there's, there's uh, so much to stop and the play calling and the scheme. It's so well done because you have to think about so many different things. But even if you break down the receiving game a little bit more, I mean, as far as throw like Shivers caught two catches, tank caught one, Darquez caught one and and scored off of it. But then even in the tight ends, like we've been talking all season about how good Sean Samuel Shanker is. He only had one catch, but then like Tyler Fromm had a catch for 31 yards off of that play action rollout from Bo Nix, which was beautiful. Then Luke Deal Luke was had two. Yeah, Luke Deal had two, and so it's like you've got three relevant tight ends now, and not only are like are they on the sideline, and you know that they're capable, but like they're actually doing it, they're actually executing, mm-hmm. and they're getting shots and opportunities. And if you're a guy in this locker room and you're a top four receiver on this team, you're a top three tight end, you're a top three running back. You've got to like go into to film sessions and to practice being like, I'm going to get the ball this week. There's a very real chance I'm going to get the ball this week. And if you're a guy that's just outside of that threshold, you know your time is coming. You know you are more likely to get opportunities in the future. So you've got to stay ready all the time. And that's what Harson has talked about so much with instilling this culture where it's like, okay, if you get a chance and you make the most of it, they're going to put you in the game plan. And I just didn't get that feeling before. And I think these guys are, are buying into that now and it's starting to take over. And obviously, it's, 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 it's a fun thing to watch transpire against a top 10 team at home. But the way Auburn handled their business against Ole Miss, I was looking at uh, you know, Ryan, my, my buddy that, that came down from Birmingham to go to the game with us. And we're, we're running the clock out at the end of it. And he looked at me, he's like, why doesn't this feel like an upset? And it's like, yeah, I mean, they're a top 10 team, but we are clearly the better football team. Like, there's no, yeah. and you could have played this in Mississippi, and I don't think it would have been that much different because none of it was fluky. In fact, I think the fluky-related things actually benefited Ole Miss with uh, the Kobe fumble and, and the muffed punt by Robertson. Those are really the most fluky things that happened. So... I guess it just didn't really feel like an upset because Auburn just dominated that game from start to finish. And we knew that could happen. It's just, could they do it? And, you know, it's always fun, Lindsay, to talk about, okay, early in the year was Arkansas. Arkansas can, you know, make a push for the West. Or Kentucky in the East. You know, can Kentucky do it? And, you know, we saw how Kentucky lost the state yesterday. 
or, you know, a, I, I'm, I'm even okay putting A&M in there. It's just the, the talent level is just different. I mean, Ole Miss isn't ever going to win the West anytime soon. Something drastic would have to happen for that to change. And we get cute with predicting these teams every year. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, the West is either going to go through Alabama, Auburn, or LSU. That's just kind of where it is until further notice, until A&M can change something about their culture because they may have the talent, but they don't have the team yet. Yeah, and and it didn't feel like an upset because it wasn't an upset to anybody except for the entire on-camera cast of College Game Day. Right. Uh, they're the only ones who thought we couldn't do this. Vegas had us as the favorite. And, I, and like you said, even if we're not at home, that's that's still an Auburn victory. Yep. And seeing the way that this team has bought in to this coaching staff, the mentality, the attitude, they they take notice of those. Not want to say disrespectful, but those those lack of respect for them sure. as a top tier program. They take. They get some energy from that, but this team is driven on their own. This mm-hmm. team is internally motivated, and this team is driven. They've bought into what Harson's doing. They believe him when he says, this is what we have to do to go win this game. You can do it. I know you can do it. This is what you have to do, and we're going to win. And he's right. To be bowl eligible already eight games into the season is a lot better than anybody gave us credit for going into the year. Right. And like this shows me that what this was the correct hire Harson. in case you did not know if Harson was the guy Harson is the guy this clearly shows Harson is the guy yep. i love the the trajectory of this program and i love the idea that this team in Harson's first year can win the west it can happen it can happen the toughest obstacle is now behind us until the iron bowl i think and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you have, you've run out of excuses. Head over to Built.com and check out all the amazing flavors that they have. They constantly are rotating in and out. New limited time flavors. And uh, I, think, uh, I think they're all good. I mean, if, if you're eating these things, you'll think it's a candy bar because they're all so, so good. And they've got, you know, fruity flavored bars. They've got your chocolate, your peanut butter. A lot of people like coconut. I, I'm not a huge fan of coconut, but if, if you do, um, you'll love these. So go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lindsay, final few minutes of today's Locked on Auburn. So in the in the USA Today poll, the coaches poll, Auburn is ranked 14th. In the AP, Auburn is ranked 12th. Regardless of which one you look at, the showdown between the Auburn Tigers and the Texas A&M Aggies in College Station will be a top 15 matchup, will be a huge game. Um, and if Auburn wins this game, they're a top 10 team in the country. Yeah, 
it'll be the CBS mid-afternoon game, the the 2.30 game. Fun fact. Has that been announced? That has been announced this morning, yes. Cool. And fun story, this means that LSU Alabama will be on ESPN and not CBS for like the first time in 10 years because of this, because we took the CBS spot. You hate to see it. But at the same time. You love to see it. There we go. So, so... I here's what I don't love about this Texas A&M matchup. There's two things I don't love. One, I don't love going to College Station simply because, and it's not Jordan Hare level, but simply because it is a giant stadium full of a hundred and ten thousand kind of cult people. It's pretty uh, cozy. Yeah, some weird stuff can happen. And then two, I don't love the fact that they had a bye this week. See, I, I'm more they, concerned about the latter. Auburn's won yeah. at College Station. Yeah. I don't think we've lost there, right? We haven't lost there since they joined the conference. So that's interesting, you know, and, and does that hurt you from a law of averages standpoint? I don't know. But the whole, uh, the whole, the fa- like the fact that they weren't doing anything this weekend except for watching us, that's, I mean, we saw what a bye week could do, right? I mean, we had a bye week and then we, we clobbered Ole Miss. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what's to say they can't do that? I haven't looked at lines yet. I haven't looked at the betonline.ag lines yet, but. ESPN's like predictor thing that they have, and they predicted Auburn to win against Ole Miss, but I think that they're predicting A and M to win, and it's going to be the same thing. Like everybody's going to, I think, I think A and M's going to be picked across the board this week. But man, outside of the Alabama game, just whenever I watch A and M, it's like this isn't a good team. But we've seen what they are capable of because that Alabama game they played out of their mind. It's like what's to stop them? from doing that again. It's going to be an intense environment at home. What's to stop that from happening again? Nothing. Nothing's stopping that from happening again. I think Auburn's defense is better than Alabama's defense, which is weird to say, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, But the offense is clicking at a point where I think they're going to be able to put up points and make A&M's offense uncomfortable because they have to keep up with Bo Nix, Tank Bigsby, Kobe Hudson, and the crew. So I still feel really good about this game, but I don't like that they had a bye week and they didn't do anything this past weekend. I don't like that at all. Housekeeping notes here. Bet Online does not yet have lines. Remember, this is Sunday afternoon, people. Bet sure. Online does not yet have the line for this game, but like you said, I expected to open as A&M the favorite. I'm fine with that. People have been picking against Auburn all season. Let's just keep that trend going. Sure, we can tell the players get fired up from that. I was watching the, uh, I was watching the coaches show, and there was a quote from one of the players talking about like on the field during the game, the yep. defense was reminding each other like, "Hey, game day thought we we're going to lose this. Like, don't prove like don't prove them right." Yeah, you know, it was either it was either Roger or Jalen. I forget which one it was, but it was one of the corners. I think it was Jalen. Like, every time it got into the red zone, they were, like, reminding each other. I'm like, that is so petty, and I love it. I love every yeah. single second of the Whatever it takes to motivate you as a unit, you buy into it. Do it. Oh, forget like forget just them being petty. The Auburn uh, the Auburn football Twitter account tweeted the screenshot of, of everybody picking and just, you know, receipts. And that's all they tweeted after the game. And I'm so like, That's yep. all that's needed. They know they were wrong. Exactly. That's all you need. So, Keep picking against Auburn. I'm fine with that. Again, don't love the fact that they have an extra week to prepare, but I think we've shown the last few weeks that if you focus on stopping the run, Bo Nix can beat you. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty we're pretty comfortable in his ability to do that. 
And so at what point in time do you do you start to worry that teams are going to try to stop Bo Nix and let the run game beat them? Oh, I, 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 we, we want that to happen. We are, yes, we I mean, are literally begging that to happen. <laughs> It's like, oh no, I have to give the ball to Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. Oh no. And Shiver. Shiver's got involved a little bit too. I love that, especially late. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we've seen this before. Like, we see when he's on the field, you just have to play things differently. Because even that, like, motion where they brought him across and then Bo got the ball and, like, you know, took it the other way and, and scored. You just have to respect Shiver's when he's on the field. So I love the way that they use him. I wish it was a little bit more. Um, but I understand, I understand the balance there for sure. And it is working because give me 5% more Sean Shivers. I'm cool with that. 5% more Sean Shivers. Um, never hurt anybody except for Xavier McKinney. That's true. That's true. I've heard his helmet still hasn't landed yet. So there's, it's actually in outer space. There's that. No, A&M's quarterback is a calzone. So if you are eating a calzone this weekend or this week, rather before the game, um, take a picture of the calzone. It could be you eating the calzone, devouring the calzone, whatever it may be, and tweet it at us, please. I I want to see this. I want to I want to spread the the fact that we must devour calzones all week to set the tone. Listen, does the fact that our chief of staff is known for crushing Italian food does that give us an advantage in this game? I think it might. Uh, I mean, there's no might about is, it. It's one hundred percent accurate. Chicken parm, calzone, both of them involve cheese and red sauce and some sort of like bread, some sort of bread, yeah. whether it's breading on the chicken or it's, yeah. I mean, listen, the fact that we have a noted murderer of Italian food mm-hmm. on staff, I think right now, like that's going to get in Calzada's head. Right. And I think we should all maybe just go find his Twitter account and just send him pictures of uh, Brad LaRondo crushing on chicken parm. Uh, like, I, I, maybe, think, I think maybe so. we should just do that. I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, Calzada, he just still, to me, and I don't want to talk this much smack earlier in the week, but to me, just watching him, with the exception of the Bama game, he was incredible. That whole team was incredible during the Alabama game. But he just seems in over his head. Like, he seems like he's a year too early. Like, he's not quite comfortable yet. And if the pass rush can get there, A&M is a more talented team than us. But it just hasn't really shown that. And I just think, I, I don't know, man, there's just a feeling about this team where, like, I'm really starting to believe and, like, I'm ready to get hurt again. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, I just, I really think this team can pull something off. I think it could do something really, really fun. If you're starting to believe and you're ready to get hurt again, I think that's probably my fault for dragging you to Atlanta Braves games because that's an Atlanta sports thing. We, um, we yeah, tend fine. to believe and then get hurt. So um, that's my fault. Sorry about that. Love you, buddy. That's okay. Uh, but, Go yeah, Braves. no, no, I, I, I absolutely feel that Auburn can do this and I'm excited for them to pick against us just because I know that's going to fire our guys up. I don't care who they pick. I, it doesn't affect me, but I know that our guys are going to get fired up by that. It's going to be fuel. If you and could I know feed, that Harson's going to remind them. If you could feed one player on this team, a cow zone, just give them a cow zone. Who would it be? I would probably honestly, JJ Pegues. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to ask every guest this week that question. So yeah, I and the locked on Aggies guys going to be like, "Why are you asking me that?" <laughs> it's like, no, listen, listen, no, no, because I was thinking about who are some of the players who are going to eat a calzone on Saturday. I see, and you know he's it's he's practice. a rotation guy. Eat he a calzone on yet. Tuesday, so you can eat a calzone on Saturday. 
Exactly. Yeah. I think like, honestly, I think the wellness kitchen is probably going to serve calzones at least once this week. I hope so. I, it's just going to be like a thing. It's just going to be like, here, we're going to give everybody calzones, defensive line. You guys get two. If you, you love it, it's great. You like, you think it's good. Mm-hmm. Great. If you want more Saturday. Right. And if we win, the whole team's getting calzones for dinner. Uh, that's fine that's with me. Works. That's fine with me. Lindsey Crosby, where can people find you, hear you, all that good stuff? I am at Auburn Banker on the socials and in our Discord, and you can listen to me 7 to 9, Monday through Friday, on News Talk WANI. Join us tomorrow for a Charlie Tuesday as Auburn message board legend Charlie 5 joins us. This has been Locked on Auburn. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, head over to Locked on SEC to check out Chris Gordy and everything that he's saying about the Tigers and the rest of the conference. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby, the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, please, please, please click that subscribe button, like the video, all that good stuff. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.